Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Welcome back, friends, to Israel. Why is the Middle East important? The Bible is the story of God. It reveals who God is and what he's done, and it says what he will do to reveal himself to us and to the world. We're currently studying the journey of Abraham in Genesis, chapter 17. We are viewing the Genesis text in segments called parshots, or parshots. A parshot is a portion of scripture that doesn't pay attention to the chapter numbers or the verse numbers. If you go to our Facebook page, Israel, Why is the Middle East Important?, the lead post on that page outlines the parshots that we are examining and also outlines 10 tests or situation or situations that Abraham endures as God leads him to reveal his plan and form and mature Abraham. Now as we journey with Abraham, we are on a quest to understand the unfolding plan of God. We're approaching this journey from the beginning because we have discovered that to truly grasp the plan of God, we should begin unfolding it at the start of the plan. Another way of saying it, that it is best to understand the New Testament standing on the foundation of the Old Testament, or the First Testament. We've also taken note that God employs five key people in his plan. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. These five are all associated with covenants that God made with his people and the world and thus are extremely important to understand his plan in total. The covenants of God are keys to understanding the plan of God and understanding God himself. Here is a fact to ponder. Jesus was born a Jew, lived as a Jew, remains a Jew, and Jesus is still fully human and fully God. So, Neil, let's review the parshots we're examining and where we are in that journey. So, what are the parshots we're 
we're looking at? Well, the parshots that we're in for Abraham are three, and it makes it very easy for us to to uh, uh, bifurcate them out. And that would be um, the first is what we're still in, and this is our last uh, chapter that uh, includes the parsha called Lech Lecha. Our next uh, series of chapters uh, will be called Va'ira, uh, meaning, and he appeared, the Lord appeared. Lech Lecha, of course, meant go forth or go to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third part of Abraham's life in the Parshot is called High Sarah, which is the life of Sarah. So okay. those are the so, three Parshot. So we're in the second one, right? We are, we are in the end of the very first parsho called Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha. Okay. So this is the okay. last chapter that comprises that parshot. Okay, all right. Excellent. So people understand where that is. And as I said, you can go to our Facebook page, Israel, Why is the Middle East Important? And you can uh, download that PDF and keep it and follow along with us as we as we talk about. Uh, so so w- let's talk about the 10, ten uh, tests, as we call them, of Abraham. Uh where where are we at? We you know the first one was uh, go to the place I will show you, right? Well, yes, exactly. That is the whole point of the heading, if you will, of Lech Lecha, yeah. go forth. His first test, he had to go forth. Yeah. There are basically ten trials, ten tests, ten tribulations, ten things that happen to. Avraham, and uh-huh. people list them differently mm-hmm. as which one was a test, what's a test, and mm-hmm. some of them are just kind of accepted. Mm-hmm. But they, there's 10 of them, and they're just for our life's purpose of gathering how did he walk through this thing that happened to him, mm-hmm. and how does the Bible record it, for bad or good? How, yeah. how is that? And so that we can learn yeah. from his life. And it helps us to understand what Abraham went through and how God is forming Abraham. Correct. Uh, through these situations or tests or trials or tribulations or whatever we call them. Life. It, it helps us. And, and it's possible, Neil, that God has a specific plan for our lives in this way as well, isn't it? Well, uh, not only that, without getting off too far in it, uh, your life is also recorded. Abraham's mm-hmm. life is recorded mm-hmm. in the uh, written book, the mm-hmm. documents, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is your life. And My life, your life. The person listening exactly. right now, their life exactly. is also recorded. Is being recorded. It's just not in a book. It's not in. It's going to be in a book of life. It is. That's exactly where I was headed. The yeah. Bible makes it very clear that we're all recorded, and all of our acts and deeds are also recorded. This is for our benefit, though, to wow. see in these very nicely segregated out parshots of Abraham mm-hmm. how to look at what he did in his life. So as we go through this, uh, we're in the last part of that parshot. Uh, and it's go, or go for yourself, and lech lecha, it's called, and uh, Abraham is journeying, he's journeying, and so there we go. Um, So, Neil, uh, let's do a quick update of last episode, which was about Genesis 16, and we're not doing it necessarily in chapters, folks, we may do a, a, there might be a long, really long chapter, we'll do three shows on one chapter, but right now the verses are such that it's doable for us without going too long to, to do a chapter at a time. So, Neil, what, what, are the, what were the key points that we made from uh, j- chapter 16? Right. So, chapter 16, we saw that, uh, again, for uh, numerous times now, God uh, is telling Avram that he has a covenant and a promise for him. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were introduced to Hagar, and she was the handmaid or servant of Sarai. And he, and he got Hagar from 
Pharaoh. It certainly seems that that's mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. logical to mm-hmm. deduce. Certainly the rabbis and other people have said that. So mm-hmm. it, it seems very reasonable mm-hmm. that Hagar would have come to the household when uh, Pharaoh basically told Abraham and his household, get out of here. <laughs> and gave him a whole bunch of stuff, including now, Hagar, to, to go. Unfortunately, yeah. the Pharaoh didn't realize the great blessing he would have had had he kept Avraham in the land and blessed him. But that's a separate story. Yeah. But he told him, get out. And that seems where, he, where Hagar came from. She it's, was it's part good, of the booty. It's, it's good for us that, that Pharaoh didn't keep well, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, that's what we've said before. Yeah. We get to read ahead sometimes, so it, uh, you know, yeah, it's hard to. So, so what are the other uh, key points of sixteen? That we, Hagar was was. It's about Hagar. It it really is a, about Hagar, yeah. and it's about uh, what happened here because we we're also introduced eventually that uh, through Hagar, Avram will have a descendant, but it's not the descendant of the promise, mm-hmm. but he is a descendant. He is a son now. Uh, some of that chapter was also God told him he'd have a descendant, but he didn't tell him it would be through Sarah. There you go. Right. Ab- so Abram didn't have that information. He didn't have that information. And, and we can't Sarai, Sarai suggested. Sarai suggested. Because, again, as we said uh, before we, we, we were on air here, he just basically, uh, there were no adoption agencies. This was a common way of adopting a child, yeah. if you were. It was culturally yeah. acceptable. And yeah. so Hagar does marry, uh-huh. become a wife of Avram, and she has a child, and somehow that causes a rift, to say the least. Between, between Sarai and, and, and Hagar. And Hagar. Yeah. There, there's a real problem. So mm-hmm. who's more or less to blame mm-hmm. is hard to parse out. Mm-hmm. doesn't really matter mm-hmm. for our purposes, except mm-hmm. there was great animosity, yeah. jealousy, bitterness, yeah. and Hagar flees. Hagar mm-hmm. leaves. She's, mm-hmm. she's out of there. So mm-hmm. you know it was not good. No. And she goes to the east, and she is in great distress in the wilderness, and the first time an angel appears to... An angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord appears, and it appears to a woman, which we said before is significant. Isn't that something? And uh, he promises Hagar a descendant, and he tells her to go back, but he also says to her, Hagar, handmaid of... Sarai. Mm. And this is extremely mm. important, as we talked about, I think, quite a bit last uh, show about the positional relationship of the blessing. You mm-hmm. must get in line with God's order of things. And the order of things is through the Jew first. Mm-hmm. Jumping way ahead, the New Testament makes it clear to the Jew first, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So uh, what that means is if you want to be blessed, get yourself in the correct uh, positional order. And that's what Hagar did. She went back greatly. Because the angel of the Lord told her. Right. Go back. Go back. Submit to. Submit to. Because if you're not going to partake of the promise God has for you, if you don't do that. Exactly uh, right. Exactly right. And, it, and uh, again, it always bears import to, to emphasize this has nothing to do with lifting up as though the Jews are super, super special. Mm -hmm. Well, they are and they aren't, just like we are super special and we aren't. Both are true at the same time. It is just God's order and his plan of redemption, which is what all of this is about, ultimately. So it's so interesting to find these these great little tidbits of truth in these chapters, in these parshots, in the Bible in general. But all of it is about how does God redeem fallen humanity? And his plan was to do so through a specific lineage that we have come to call the Jews. The Jews, right. Yeah. And Abraham is the father of that 
uh, whole deal. Of that whole lineage. Of that whole lineage, right. Okay. So now, what I want to do is uh, I want to read chapter 17, and then we're going to go back through it, folks, and we're going to talk about what it means and uh, what we we see there uh, in this unfolding plan of God. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai in Hebrew. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish, and that's going to be important, my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham, and I will make you the father of a multitude of nations, which is what Abraham means. I have made you exceedingly fruitful, that's interesting, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant, that's the second time we've heard that, between me and you over your descendants throughout their generations for an everlasting, how long? Everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all of the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God said, Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. On Instacart, I can shop a huge selection of pet supplies, from that one brush that scratches him just right, to that extra comfy bed he can't wait to flop down in. And I get everything delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Okay, 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 settle down. I know it's here. Yeah, it's very exciting. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get a free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Said further to Abraham, Now, as for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in the house or who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your descendants. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought bought with your money shall surely be circumcised shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be 
in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her, and then I will bless her, and she shall be mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, not out loud, in his heart, Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you, and behold, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. When he finished talking with him, when he finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all the servants who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among them, of Abraham's household. And he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the very same day as God had said to him. Now Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In, in the very same day, Abraham was circumcised and also Ishmael, his son. All the men of his household who were born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. And there we have it. Okay, Neil, let's go through this. It's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful thing. So we, we know what the covenant is, right? The covenant is? Well, the covenant is uh, being revealed and unfolded more and more every time the Lord now again reestablishes, re-establishes the covenant. But we it, have yeah. a covenant uh, as a promise to the land that even though Avram, as you said, he's a sojourner at this point, mm-hmm. uh, he's promised this land. Mm-hmm. He has now been promised that he will have an offspring. He mm-hmm. won't be uh, without child. Mm-hmm. Uh, last chapter we saw he did in fact have an offspring, Ishmael. We're now looking 13 years later where uh, God reestablishes the covenant, says, I am El Shaddai, first time that comes up. Hang on a second. Interesting, right? In the last episode, uh, Ishmael is a infant, or very yeah, an infant or a toddler at best, right? Not even born. And now we have thirteen years right later in the next chapter. In the very next chapter yeah. that we have recording of mm-hmm. that God appears to mm-hmm. uh, Avram. So it's interesting, first of all, in this chapter uh, that uh, the emphasis and the repetition of covenant just in this chapter alone is thirteen. 
13 times God has said, covenant, 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 covenant. So it must be a big deal. So it must be a big deal. Must be, right? <laughs> I mean, right. It, it, why would God say it so many times? But the covenant is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is that Abraham is key, right? He gives Abraham and his descendants an everlasting covenant of the land, and also the the gift of generations following him. Correct. From Abraham. Correct. Father of, father of many nations. Many nations. So that's, that's exactly the right. covenant at this point. Right. Right? Right. Lots of descendants, and here's a lot of land. Correct. Okay, good. Yeah, lots of descendants and lot of and, and all of this land because he only here now in this chapter, after repeating this covenant thirteen times, only now does God, after he has this son whom Avram loves, Ishmael, mm-hmm. through his wife, mm-hmm. his second wife, mm-hmm. lower status, yeah. Hagar, yeah. does God reveal that you'll have a biological son with Sarai? And uh, that's important because as we go through these verses, you'll see uh, that Sarai is now, she is an equal partaker. She becomes part of this covenant. Up till now, uh, uh, God has only spoken directly, as far as recorded and we know, and made a one-way covenant, God toward Avram Mm -hmm. only. But now Mm -hmm. he says, Sarai is Mm -hmm. part of this covenant. Is is it Avraham his new name in in Hebrew Avraham? It's it, it it becomes Avraham. Avraham. So we okay. we we pronounce the B, uh, okay. and, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but we so we can say Avram. Then he became Avraham or Abram or Abraham. Abraham. It's all appropriate. Okay. okay. Um, I was wondering if it was plural, but it's not because it's Avraham would be plural. Yeah, correct. And that means that would justify the many nations, but that's not the case. Okay. So. Uh, so God says in verse 6, we're already there in verse... Oh, so he changes his name, right? He changes his name because in order for him to be father of many nations, he's got to call him that. That's correct. And, and names like that in the book, in Hebrew especially, are, are demonstrative of what God has called you to do in it, a lot of cases. Exactly right. right. Yeah. That's what we see uh, on a few different occasions, uh, how God uh, changes the name to reflect what your position is in his plan. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. So in verse 7, it says, I will establish my covenant between me and you. It's interesting, this this sounds strange, because he says, I already have this covenant with you, but now he says, I will establish my covenant. And people think, well, that's, I thought he already gave him the covenant. Why is it says he will establish? Well, that's not what establish means. Establish means we've made a deal but I'm going to make the deal actually happen. That's what establish means. It means God's promising to Abraham, not just words here, really going to happen. I'm going to make sure of it. This is kind of my guarantee that this is actually going to happen. That's what establish means. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, right? Right, yeah. He's a man of his word, as it were, <laughs> uh, to, to colloquialize it. Well, I think it's important because uh, to, to emphasize that, obviously Avram could not have helped but wonder as we talked before, how is all this going to come mm-hmm. about? Yeah. And so we saw that uh, he had his nephew, Lot. Yeah. And I'm sure it would have been human nature to assume, uh, first of all, that Lot would have been his heir. And yeah. then we see as chapters go on, he talked to God again when God said, I'll establish my covenant. And 
And he thought, oh, it will be Eleazar, my servant, because Lot obviously went back to Sodom voluntarily, and we'll see uh, Lot again coming up. But then he has a biological son, exactly as God promised, Ishmael. Aha, it's going to be Ishmael. But how? How is this going to work? I'm in this land. Uh, Yes, I'm prospering, but there are also many uh, people here. I mean, it's human nature to doubt when nothing happens. This is 13. Years later, right, and so God comes to him again. Abraham, Abraham's been patiently waiting and working thirteen years and doing taking the daily, care of business. Yep, doing his job, wondering. Make, yep, wondering, and he's getting older by the day. Getting older by the day. He's ninety-nine <laughs> now. So it started out saying when Abraham was ninety-nine, and the chapter ends saying Abraham was ninety-nine. God wants you to know this was not a spring chicken. So he was eighty-six. Yeah. In chapter 17, in chapter 16, now he's 99. Now he's 99, wow. and he's been working, and how right? does this happen? Did I do that right? I think it's a little, it's close enough, it's depending close enough. on the okay. month, right? Yeah, exactly. So, the, so, so it, but Neil, he makes with him, mm-hmm. in verse 7, an everlasting, he says it, it is an everlasting covenant. It's not just, it's not just a deal, a one-time deal. I have made with you and your generations, it says. And your generations and everlasting covenant. So just for fun, I went on. I went into my my iPhone and I looked up what an everlasting covenant. What does everlasting mean? Everlasting means forever. Yeah, okay. it means eternity. Hmm. It means to, pertaining to an unlimited duration of time. An unlimited duration of time. So there's no cancellation possible. Correct. It can't be canceled. But there's a lot of talk about. Well, it's not true anymore. Yeah. What's up with that? Well, and and again, it's just a misunderstanding sometimes with our own theological biases that we don't even know have crept in. I, I mean, just as an aside, I remember listening to one particular pastor at one particular time, a preacher of some sort, saying, well, everlasting only meant until Jesus comes. Uh-huh. So everlasting uh-huh. didn't mean everlasting. Didn't mean everlasting. In other words, it's what we talked about before sometimes. Yeah. Uh, people have their theological bias, and uh-huh. they say things like, are you trying to Judaize and all these things? No, we're trying to get at the root of the Scripture. And if God made a promise for a certain way of redemption through the Jewish people, mm-hmm. that's God's plan. It is. It's God's plan. It, and so if he made that plan, we do not want to diminish it, no. nor do we want to say it was only until Jesus came because God is not schizophrenic and he had a plan and it remains his plan. So this is why I said at the beginning, at the opening, I said, here's a point to ponder. Jesus was born a Jew, lived as a Jew, remains a Jew. Correct. And he's still fully human and fully God at the right hand of the Father. Right, yeah. So he's a Jew. He's never not going to be one. And all salvation comes through him. Yeah, salvation is of the Jews. Hello. That's a New Testament exactly, uh, right? uh, verse in John. A- exactly. Salvation is of the so, Jews. So an everlasting covenant. So he says it again in verse 8. Yeah. So he repeats himself, yes, right? He does. I will give to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all of the land of Canaan, so we can look on a map and figure out what that is. And we, we actually, he defined it in uh, 15, I think, uh, from the river in Egypt to the Euphrates. It yes. was a pretty, pretty long swath of land there. Correct. So we know where it is. We know what it is. And, and it's an everlasting, it says, an everlasting possession. Correct. As well. Yeah. So it's an everlasting covenant about an everlasting possession. So why don't the Jews have the land? 
Well, that that can be a whole separate show, I think, about, uh, you know, and also right? what import do you put but in it? But doesn't it, it so beg that question? It does beg that question, and that is part of the unfolding of what what's called the gula, the redemption, and that's what we're looking at. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Here, I mean, if we just jump ahead and then we'll come back again. You read that correctly. It's everlasting. And then you even had to tell people, well, what does everlasting mean? So nobody's theological bias could confuse them. But then he comes back as he's revealing more, God, yep. in these chapters. Yep. He then tells Abraham or Avram up to this point, you will have a biological son, but, because you already have had a biological son, miracle of miracles, but you'll have one through Sarah. And as that one in verse 19 is being uh, 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 relayed to Avraham that there's more, he also calls that, I will establish my covenant with him, that is Yitzhak, for an everlasting covenant. So God's now honing this this plan ever ever sharper as we go through these verses it gets broad and it becomes more pointed 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 so to your point why don't the jews have the land they will have the land someday it will be in great distress unfortunately that's for another show but they will have it god appointed it god said it's a done deal he talked about it as we've pointed out in some occasions in the very past tense it's already done uh, but for our constriction in this uh, construct that we live in of time and space, it's yet future. But in God's eyes, it's already a done deal. He sees the end from the beginning. Right. He already knows the story and how it's going to fold. Correct. How his plan is going to unfold. Nothing can stop God's plan from unfolding. Nothing can stop it. You can look at the situation and say, well, that's not what it says in the Bible. It doesn't say that. that. But, but actually, God has said this, and... He is a faithful God. He will make it so. He will make it so. So, so Neil, uh, this is my covenant that you shall keep. That you shall keep. I'm interested in that word. I'm interested in what that word keep means. And I'm going to look it up right now as we are, as we are doing this. And keep means, keep means to cause a state of condition to remain. That's what keep means. It means to cause a state of condition to remain, to be set aside, to never not be. And he says, you shall keep my covenant. All right? You shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. So that circumcision is not the covenant. And it reads like it is, but it's not. Right? We know we just talked about what the covenant is. Correct. So circumcision is 
the sacrifice, if you like, the little sacrifice that we make? Well, yeah. The little drop of blood, right? Well, exactly. That kind of seals it, right? Uh, It is a token. It is a sign of the covenant. Uh The circumcision itself is not a covenant. Right. That's a sign of the covenant, covenant. just like with Noah's sign was a rainbow. Exactly. So many, many people have commented on why a circumcision. Quite frankly, it makes no sense. I don't know why. Uh, People have always tried to answer that. Maybe our listeners can come up with something that will be interesting. Uh, for themselves, but nobody knows exactly why, because he doesn't say why. He just says, right. "You will have that. You will do this act. You will do this act, and it will be a sign that you now are required to do something." See, as we have pointed to, God said, "As for me," but now here in in uh, verse uh, verse nine, God yep. has an "as for you" clause. This yep. is the first time yep. that Avram must do something on his end. Yeah, that's right. So, so this is a, a fulfillment, if you like, of the contract, right? It's kind of like the, putting the seal on the envelope, or if you like, it's a, it's our part. So, when he, right before he tells them to be circumcised, he says, "And you shall keep my covenant." Correct. And now, then he tells them to be circumcised. So, I think he's saying to them, "We're going to do this to help you keep it." Because right. you will, you will see. Right. You will see the sign. Right. Of the covenant that I've made with you. Right. And right. this helps us, helps me, helps the Jew keep or honor the covenant because right. he has that perpetual sign his whole life. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. That's what's kind of going on here. And what the meaning, though, exactly is, we don't know. But it was the same thing when God gave Moshe ultimately certain outward signs. The the Mishkan that developed into the temple was just for a sign. God did not need a dwelling place, but it was important, and it revealed things. It revealed much of the universe. Um, the Mishkan, for instance, was a microcosm of the cosmos in every aspect of it. He gave them seat, seat that they hung from the four corners of their clothes so they would visually see it, and the, the, the sick woman grabbed Jesus seat seat and was healed. So there are these signs mm. that God gives, and the, this sign is one of the premier signs, the sign of the promised covenant. And it's to be done on the eighth day after birth, Correct. right? At the eighth, and but then he goes on to say, and help me with this: uh, a, even a servant who is born in your house on the eighth day. But then he says, all of the people in your in your household all of the males in your household whether whether you purchase them as as slaves or whether they just joined you and they're walking with you because they want to be with you and you said okay whoever they are all of the males right in Abraham's household right and it gets complicated because if you correctly pointed out there that up till now there was no circumcision so right. going forward after you're all circumcised yes. and you're all part of the covenant yes. those who aligned with you oh that harkens back to Hagar aligned with Sarah yep. uh, non-Jews coming into the covenant is a New Testament uh, uh, concept right so yep. whoever comes in must be circumcised yep. and now from here on out everybody will be circumcised on the eighth day, which we see is exactly what happened when Jesus shows up in the temple on the eighth day as an infant. And number eight, as we've talked about, has lots of extra we're, meaning. And we're going to talk about that in, in the future, the, sure. the, the value of the number eight and how important it is uh, in the timeline of God. 
Correct. And how it impacts, stay tuned, folks, Revelation as well. Uh, so, uh, so an, But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from the people because he has broken my covenant. So this just reinforces Correct. that circumcision is the sign that you're willing to do it. Right. Right? Correct. If you refuse it, you're out. You're out. And uh, it's interesting he uses that same as you've commented on and many others. It's jumped out r- right away is the whole idea of cutting off. Yeah. Cutting yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, cutting off. off. Yeah. It's not a pretty picture, whatever it is. It's a serious picture. Very and serious. And God says if anybody doesn't, yep. and they can choose not to, they can choose not to, they are out of the covenant. So now we see the very... Wait, bases. wait, wait, wait. Hmm. Isn't the love of God unconditional, Neil? Why would God have a condition? Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's 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 a really it's it's really not true that God is unconditional. His love is unconditional and he loves even those who refuse the circumcision. He continues to love them, but they don't get the benefits of the promise. Evidently, humans get a choice. They get to play in this act. Yeah. And there's all kinds of rabbinic writings on yeah. uh, on what, what the human uh, yep. um, responsibility is and, and, and how, the, how this interplay should work. But it's very clear here that you should do this, mm-hmm. and then I will accept it, because now we have a you shall do yep. part of the covenant. Yep. And God knows that some people won't, because he says, and if anyone doesn't, they're cut off. They're cut I off. don't have that same covenant with them. So... As I'm thinking about why, why God would do that, why would it be conditional like that? I think it's it, it, to go forward just a tad. God knows, Jesus knows what He's going to do, right? Jesus knows, God knows the price that Jesus is going to pay. He knows the suffering that Christ is going to go through, right? When He tells them to do this, He understands that completely. They don't understand it. Abram doesn't understand it. And God doesn't explain it. He doesn't say, by the way, my son Jesus is going to come and he's going to shed tons of blood and all kinds of stuff. So this is really not that big a deal in comparison to what I'm asking of you. It's a small token, actually, literally a small token compared to what Yeshua is going to do on your behalf. But that's still true as we, knowing the whole story, we can look at it and say, wow. Yeah, you see those parallels. God, God required a small, a small sacrifice of blood from us. Right, right, and 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 that's what we see throughout Scripture is where God does require certain acts and and uh, commissions of acts that are reflective and meaningful. And we'll see it again in Vaira. We'll see one, one of the most famous, the uh, uh, coming up of the binding, the sacrifice mm-hmm. of Isaac. Yeah, but it's, it's the same thing. It's a parallelism. Yeah. Yeah. It's a picture. Yeah. It's a type. But again, yeah. it's important to remember that. Yeah. Abraham knew nothing of this except God said, do this. Mm-hmm. That's what he knew. That's all he knew. That's all he knew. And that's been his journey with God, do this. Right. From the very first call, yeah. leave, and yeah. he left. And he left. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then God says, I've got a uh, another task here concerning Sarai. Correct. And that's this is crucial. It's crucial, right? Right. It's crucial that his wife is included in the covenant. Not included. She is the integral part. It is dependent upon her. Yeah. She is a co-partner yeah. with 
Abraham now. So what we have to say is that up till now, what we have recorded is God speaking and making promises and reaffirming promises and telling them they're everlasting and revealing more and more of what the covenant will be and what it will entail. Mm -hmm. And now he drops on uh, Abraham and Sarai, you shall no longer call her your princess, but she shall be just the princess because through her is the covenant the promise you will have a biological heir and she will be like it said earlier you will be the father Uh of nations and kings Uh she will be the mother of nations and kings the mother of nations and to to delineate that he changes her name he changes her name to sarah sarah and this is the only time it's recorded that god changed a female's name in the bible Wow. So this is the only time, and he said, "No, no. This this solidifies that Sarah mm-hmm. is part of the covenant, mm-hmm. is together with you in the covenant, mm-hmm. and the promise of the covenant, the biologic, is it's being uh, unfolded, yeah. will come through Sarah." Abraham didn't know that up to this he point. He did not know it. Hence, the existence of Ishmael. He did not know it. He did not know right. it. Right. But now he knows. Right. That's exactly right. Now he knows there's that, that Sarah is part of this, and she she is going to bear a son. She is going to bear a son, yeah. right. So Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, No, in verse 19, Your wife will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, or Isaac, and I will establish or make real my covenant with him also for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So, Neil, I think there's a pattern here. We need to recognize it right away. Right. The covenant God made with Abraham is automatically transferred right. to the descendants. It's automatic. They don't have to do anything. They have to get circumcised. The males do. Right. But, I mean, the covenant is from Abraham yes. and Sarah. Right. And it goes forth from them. Right. Just by birth. Right. Correct. And it goes to Yitzhak, laughter. It's almost as if God is celebrating what he's doing. Hmm. God is laughing with laughter, with Yitzhak, about what he's doing to redeem the world. And you're right, Jeff. All of us are redeemed, but it is still, again, important to realize God's honing this Hmm. revelation down Hmm. to it's through this lineage, through this people. We do it this way. This is my plan. I think it's also important just quickly to look back because we'll see it again that when Abraham first heard this, that Sarah, this old lady, see, we're talking about number eight and beyond the natural, but Abraham fell on his face and laughed. He fell on his face and laughed and he asked himself, can a man, can a guy a hundred years old and Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? So this was preposterous. This is the whole number eight thing. It's beyond the natural. And then God says, and Abraham says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Listen, this is a picture that Abraham loved Ishmael. He, he loved him, that he, he might did. be blessed. But God corrects him quickly yeah. and says, no, listen to me. I already told you, Sarah, your wife, will bear a son, and yeah. he will be laughter. Yeah. Just like I'm laughing. This is fun. I'm glad to be redeeming the world through this laughter. Wow, this is amazing. This is really, really powerful. And then God says, as for Ishmael... I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. And he shall become the father of 12 princes. And I will make him a great 
singular nation. Correct. Right? Not nation. So it's a it's a very clear delineation here between between Isaac and 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 Ishmael. And I think it's really important for us to grasp that and for the world to grasp this. Ishmael is loved and rewarded and and a descendant of Abraham and is rewarded as a re- descendant of Abraham, but it's a limited reward. It's it's not the kind of reward that that's part of God's plan for the world. He's got a plan for Ishmael and his people and those 12 princes, correct? But but not for the whole world through Ishmael. Right. Even Ishmael's descendants, although great and mighty and yeah. princes, yeah. they still will come into the promise through the promise made through Isaac. So they're great, they're nations, they're powerful, but they also, they're not separate on their own. They don't have a separate covenant of salvation and redemption. They come in through Isaac's lineage. Because Isaac is circumcised, and, and, and that's a sign of the covenant. Right, and Ishmael was circumcised too. But so that's what I we just can, said. Did I say Isaac? I meant Ishmael. Ishmael. That's exactly yeah. right. He's yeah. in the covenant, yeah. but he is. That's exactly right, Jeff. Just like us, uh, we're in the covenant, but we come in through the promised lineage of. So far, we only have Isaac. Eventually, it gets it gets explained even more in the subsequent chapters. But here we have through Sarah the mother of nations, through laughter, Isaac, I establish my covenant. But God says, I have heard you. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. This is also a picture of what righteous prayer does when you pray for somebody, Mm. when you lift them up, Mm. if you have standing Mm. according to the Mm -hmm. covenant, Mm -hmm. to pray for somebody or ask God to bless, that God says, okay, because you're in the covenant, I've heard you. Wow. That's pretty cool. Wow. That's really, that's, that's really, so... It's, it's a powerful thing for... I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Neil. I'm going to go out on a limb. Islam wasn't established until 600 years after Jesus, right? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. And that was established independent of understanding this. Yeah, they, they right? uh, in, in, in Islam, their main tenet is that all these promises that we're reading here were actually made to Ishmael and not to Isaac. And that the, the, that's the, their interpretation. Yeah, the whole of promise okay, okay. of it comes through okay. Ishmael. Okay, and that's so that's that's really interesting. All right, so let's kind of leave that there. We maybe we'll pick that up in a, in a while to see to see where that is, uh, what's going on there. So when God finished talking with Abraham. He went up. Right. What? 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 Right. What? Yeah, exactly. What's going on here? Well, that's the thing that we can only surmise. I mean, it's important to realize that God says all this, then he reestablishes his covenant again, saying, but my covenant will be with Isaac. So he states it, yep. and then he, then yep. he reinforces it. Yep. This is important. Yep. Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. So he yep. didn't say in nine months. He said next year, which is reasonable time frame, yep. right? Right. So it wasn't just a made-up story. Like in nine months from now, it was like, I'll come back at this time next year and you'll have a son. And then God went up from Abraham. What does that mean? We don't know. How yeah. did he appear? Yeah. Was, was he bodily? Was we didn't it his even, voice? We don't even... We don't know. It could be the same angel of the Lord. We don't really know what's going on here precisely. We, we have to assume, but he said, when he, God, finished talking with him, Abraham, God left. God he finished. Left. He, he left. left. So, so it's it's up to our sort of uh, boy. I wonder how that worked because you would think, Jeff, that if God 
had appeared bodily and physically many different times to Abraham, he would have it pretty down pat. Abraham, you would hope, wouldn't need all these reminders, but he's a human and he does. He needs to be reaffirmed, reestablished, re-fortified, if you will, where God comes to him and says, look, I am God, not just God, God of many gods, I am God El Shaddai, the, the nurturing God, the sustaining God, the almighty God. This is who I am. It's the first time when God first came to him saying, I am El Shaddai. So Abraham's just being fortified here throughout by God. And now we go on to where uh, it says again, and now Abraham was 99 years old. So again, God does these parallelisms where he wants you to say, I started out telling you how old this guy was. Then I said he's going to have a kid. It's an eighth day promise. It's beyond the natural. I'm bringing in Sarah. I'm bringing in a specific child laughter. I'm I'm honing this covenant down. And by the way, this happened in my choice when Abraham was 99, in case you read past it at the beginning of the chapter. And God repeats himself, so there's no doubt. There's no doubt. We have to actually make up stuff to doubt it. We have to invent things. And it's a lot of people don't like the idea that the Bible over and over says the same thing over and over and over. And it's like they get tired of even reading it because it's the same. It says, he already said that. And let, no, God is like, I really mean this. I don't, I'm not kidding. I really do mean it. I keep saying it. And over the course of time, from now on, we're going to hear this word covenant. Right. We're going to keep hearing this word. Right. And it's and it's going to and, and people, folks, we have to we have to really appreciate what what God is saying here. He's making a plan. He's revealing his plan. He's unfolding his plan, and he's doing it right here. And he's doing it with Abraham, and he's doing it with Sarah, and he's further explaining it. And I just want to just want to focus on one thing. On verse twenty one, Neil struck out stuck out to me. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Right. Whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. So establish doesn't mean make a covenant. It means carry out. Right. So Isaac's going to be the guy. Yeah. Through whom the covenant begins to be carried out. Right. And he will establish it again with Yaakov or Jacob. He will establish it further. That's exactly right. He just keeps honing and honing right. and honing. Right. And like we always say, we have the benefit of reading ahead. We so do. we're we a do. little sort of, I would never have doubted. Well, that's because you get to read ahead and see yep. how, it out, how it played out. Yep. Avram doesn't know, Abraham doesn't know at this point. And it again, as we read on, we see just how the type of person Abraham was. Because when he's told to do this act, mm-hmm. he doesn't know really that much about it. He's just told to do this act. Yeah. that becomes central to all Judaism up until the time of the New Testament when we see the big debates about circumcision yeah. and why and when and yeah. how and who does, who doesn't. Yeah. It becomes very convoluted. Yeah. But here we get with Abraham, and he does what? That very day, it says in verse 26, 25, Ishmael was 13 years old when he was foreskin, yeah. and then 26, in the very same day, day. so the very same day that God appeared, revealed more of the covenant to him, not the entire covenant. He gave him a little more. Abraham was circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, and all all of his household. All of the men of his household who were born in the house were bought with money from a foreigner, 
were circumcised with him. Right. Now, think of the import of that, Jeff, because that's that's that pointing to us coming into the covenant, the mm-hmm. household of Abraham. Yeah. Uh, the New Testament, when people were wondering, how much do we put on Gentiles? Do we circumcise? Uh, it gets into all kinds of issues, including, and we won't go into this here now, but what is a circumcision? Mm-hmm. Do we, do, mm-hmm. when we think circumcision, yeah. is that the circumcision? Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of variations yeah. in yeah. that. But the idea that we have to hold is this. God is emphasizing how crucial the act is. You must do this. So then we read in the New Testament, some people don't want to do this. And it caused a non-understanding. People were like, well, wait a minute. So everything is circular. We see it again. So the the key is, uh, folks, at the very end of this uh, parshot, because we're moving on now, right? The very end of this parshot, God has created a covenant. He's explained his covenant. He has instituted, he's begun the institution of his covenant through circumcision. It's the first act of the covenant on behalf of man. Man is doing this act as the beginning of establishing, actually living it out, actually doing it. And this circumcision, this is the is the uh, seal of, it's like the state seal or the president's seal on the covenant. And now we'll go forward and see how it's carried out. This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel, Why is the Middle East Important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can find us on Facebook using that same title. And you can email us at... Why is the Middle East important at gmail.com? That's why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, Shalom, and see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not 
boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.